I had this reckoning uh, with the reality uh, that all my life was different now, uh, including to those who are, even I felt like had brought me a lot of pain. And so what did it look like to bring forgiveness and healing to the world around me? And so, that yeah, that was part of my identity now. That was a child of God, and I had to be like this father that I now had, who was God, who I never had in my real life, was wow. Welcome to Be One, Make One, a discipleship podcast. This is a show where we share stories and tools to equip everyday followers of Jesus to make disciples. On every episode, I have a conversation with someone whose life reflects Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Today, we're sharing the story of my friend, Lois, and how she caught the vision for making disciples. We talk about her childhood, what it means to forgive, and foster care. I was really encouraged by our conversation, and I hope you are too. All right, Lois, thanks for being here with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Before we started recording, we were just chatting um, on our way over here, and you mentioned, I love what you said, you said, suffering's coming. Yeah. You know, and you said suffering was a part of my life before I was a Christian, and that I'm a Christian, it's still very much there. Um, so I just love to hear how how you became a Christian. Uh, yeah. To begin with, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I I was not raised in a Christian home, uh, which is when I think about like my 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 mother's background and my grandmother's background, it's kind of a little bit weird because. It was culturally acceptable, even in my family, to just be like, you believe in Jesus. But my mom uh, was like, I don't believe in the God. So my mom was a atheist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she was pretty open and like, kind of like, hey, you, but people can believe what they want. And so I kind of grew up under that. And um, crazy enough, I was kind of raised by mom who's an atheist and my auntie who uh who loved me to death and she had nothing to do with God either and was in kind of what people would describe a crazy kind of lifestyle. Okay, uh, what was her lifestyle like? Kinda uh she was a, a entertainer. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> if you know what that means, uh she was an entertainer, a, a dancer. Okay. Um in a not so pure sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that was, yeah, what she did. And uh, that's what I grew up around. But that's who, and, and my auntie, who was, uh, my other auntie who was in the military for a little bit. And so I wasn't really around. And so that's kind of who raised me and my grandmother, who uh, was a um, recovering crack addict and still struggled. And your grandmother was. My grandmother. Okay. And struggled throughout that wow. and also struggling with her faith. Uh, and so th- that was the people who raised me. Uh, it was kind of, I think what from the outside would be like, oh, this is a hot mess. <laughs> like, you don't got no chance, <laughs> basically. Um, but in that, I was, I was, I was raised with crazy amount of love. And so I love, like, even like as I was reading the Bible, um, love covers a multitude of sin. And so I was raised by these by these people. Uh, and so the dynamics came with that. And so. Being raised by these people and and being in friendship with certain people who related with my story, who I connected with and who I got along with and who I just like rocked with easily, we we were hanging out and kind of grew up and were, uh, I guess, liked and, and played sports and 
having a good time. Like we, <laughs> <laughs> and so going into high school, I was I was I was party lawyer, so I, I could have a good time, uh, and that involved anything. That was, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was anything. Kind of what it was, and so uh, in that situation of the my friends and us just kind of kicking it, uh, and I didn't think I was that bad because. I'm I'm a decent person. My my family's decent people. They take care of people and different things. Uh-huh. And then one of my homies, who I actually uh, partied with and I knew kind of like majority of my life, he uh st- he said he was a believer now. <laughs> he said he believed in Jesus and the Lord had saved him. And I thought to myself, "You tripping?" <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. And how old are you at this point? I'm at I'm a high school. Okay. High school. So I'm kinda of coming to the end of my high school kind of career. I'm about to graduate. And he has found the Lord. My my homie. He was he was a model and uh so he used to let me know about all the parties. Like, you know, it was it was a good time, you know? <laughs> and uh he talking about he he served Jesus now. He he a Christian. And I thought he was joking. I said, Hey, give it Give it three weeks to a month. You'll be you you'll be back, and the boy didn't come back. It was I was like, hold up. So you you really about this? And uh, kind of crazy story, but I keep partying. He's not coming back to party, and then me and my homies keep partying. But what ended up happening uh, is that a a party kind of got busted, and we went to my homie Alex. That was his name, Alex House. And he just became a believer, but he was like, hey, y'all can stay here. That's fine. And so we stayed there. And I had this tendency, after I'd been drinking and doing whatever, I woke up early, always. And so he was going to church, and I just started talking to him about, you a Christian now? And I invited myself to church, kind of. Um, and uh, kind of crazy, crazy weekend party. I said, I'm going to come to church with you, but I was too kind of messed up to go to church. I had enough respect for church not to walk in there crazy, right? And so uh, I, I didn't go to next weekend, like I said, but I came like the weekend after that. And I still, we still have the Facebook kind of conversation of me saying, hey, I'm going to come with you. Um, and so I came and it was Easter Sunday. And my pastor actually had a, my seventh grade middle school teacher, uh, who was my social studies teacher, give up. And she just started exhorting Jesus um, in a way that I just hadn't experience and I was literally sitting there I always say it was like a little devil on my little like the little devil angel like little demon on your left side and then little angel on your right side I say it was like that and I did not want to become a Christian I did not uh the last thing I want to do is become a Christian because I knew I knew enough Christians know like if you becoming a Christian that means you changing your lifestyle like right, that, there's that, a cost there there's a cost right. I was like I'm not about that so I'm sitting there in this little it's a small little church I'm talking about just getting started like I walk into the church I'm thinking it's Easter Sunday so everybody go to church on Easter but it's like everybody I know and I'm like oh my gosh you know I'm just like oh and so I still remember sitting there kind of like I don't want to be a Christian but this 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 teacher just keeps exhorting Jesus and talking about how Jesus is for me and how he loves me. I'm just like, I don't want to be a Christian. This, this. And uh, it's crazy, but I feel like I'm having this wrestling with the, with the Lord of like, I don't want to be a Christian. But the Lord's like, you will be. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And the Lord's like, you will. And so that's why it's like this. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, and what's crazy is the pastor gets up and he starts preaching. It's a small church. So the pastor used to kind of get up and walk around and, 
uh, his name's Stan. And so Pastor Stan is walking up, and I just kind of grab his hand, and we just kind of lock hands. Uh, and there's no altar call, no nothing, uh, really. And I just grab his hand as he's walking by, and he takes me to my seventh grade middle school teacher who was just kind of exhorting Jesus. And uh, she knew me, and she uh, I, there's no crying, there's no, there's no altar call, there's no nothing. Uh, and she says, Lois, what do you want? Uh, and I remember I just looked at her there and I said, I want something different. And so uh, she sat with me and prayed with me. And that life, I think that, that Sunday morning, uh, the Lord saved me and changed my life. And I did not want him. I was not really interested. I was kind of like, I check out church with my homie. And so uh, that Sunday morning, the Lord saved me and began a crazy work in my life. Uh, wow. Yeah, so that's kind of... That's amazing. It, it was crazy. It was that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I think what I really appreciate about what you said there is uh, when you said, I knew that being a Christian was going to... It had to change my whole life. I think that's such yeah. a wise thing to even know before you're a Christian is, yeah, like Jesus, you don't have to earn salvation, but it does... Surrendering your life to Jesus basically means he's controlling your life. Yeah. And he could do anything with it. Yeah. Which it is a cost, I think, to really consider. It it really is. And I think something that resonated with me shortly after I was saved, I heard this pastor say, uh, he said, if you got hit by a 16-wheeler and uh, you walk across the highway, you got hit by a 16-wheeler, you walked up to one of your friends and you told them, hey, I got hit by a 16-wheeler, just like normal, they'd be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like either you you lying or you crazy, and that was the reality that I experienced. Is that like this sixteen year old was God? I got hit by the, the by the creator of the universe, and if I get hit by the creator of the universe, and he was now in me and a part of my life, where I was learning. Well, I had to change, and if I didn't change, either I was crazy or I was lying, and so that was the reality I was hitting within like a couple of weeks of like, oh, you probably should be different because you got smacked by this God of the universe. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. Um, so after you became a Christian, that's probably what, still the end of high school that you that this happened? Yeah, a, a week before I was like graduating. Like a week wow. or two before I was graduating. Yep. Wow. So then what did it look like for you to start as a new Christian, kind of growing, um, getting to know Jesus better? Kind of what was that like? Yeah. So what happened with me was kind of, uh, I told you my friend Alex is kind of part of the story, and so and again we were partying with all our homies and kicking it, and so I get saved now, and Alex knows because he's there, and uh, we walk out of that church. And I'm like, I follow the Lord now, and I, I look over to him. I'm like, you got to help me, <laughs> you know. I'm like, we we in this together. It was kind of like, bruh, <laughs> we in this. So that's kind of how I felt, and so. We leave, and uh, two crazy things just start happening is that I just had this desire, this crazy, like, I need to read the Bible. <laughs> I need to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and no one really said that at first, of course, but at first I was I need to read the Bible. And so uh, I remember I got a Bible. Somebody, I don't even remember how I got this Bible, but I, don't even, I was like, Alice, let's go to a store, get a Bible. Somehow I get this Bible, and I start reading through it. And I was like, well, I'm a Christian now, so I need to. No, <laughs> this, that was my key. I'm like, well, Christian Bible, I need to know this thing. And so I started reading the Bible. Um, and then like the next week, I'm uh, hanging out with my pastor. And 
he did a good job and the people in my church, it was me and Alex and for at first the first week or two, we were probably the youngest believers for about 30, 40 years. Wow. And so okay. this church was mainly like older believers. Um or people who kind of started knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord more, I guess they would say faithfully in their later part of their lives. And so I started reading the Bible and I have a lot of questions. And so I just was going to my pastor and the people in my church. And so early on, what it looked like was like, I'm reading the Bible. Yo, I'm calling a, so I've been reading this. Can we talk? And it's like, yeah, come over. And so I was, I literally was over at my pastor's house. It was small. It was small church. Like it had to be, it felt like every day I had a new, a, a new thing. I'm like, Hey, I'm reading this. And then he was like, Whoa, you, you already there? It was, I was just going through the box. And this is like, again, this is summer before college. And so I'm, I'm reading pretty fast. I'm trying to get into it. Uh, I'm trying to like learn what, what is this about? And I started in Genesis. I was like, well, I'm, it's a book, so I'm starting at the beginning. That, right, that's that like my sense. thinking, right? <laughs> As I'm going through it, and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what is this? And, and so that was my experience of like I'm just reading it, and then all these people are helping me understand what these things are. And people in my church were so like amazing that I'm, I'm becoming a believer, and I'm reading through, and then they're like, oh, maybe we should teach them this. It seems like, and so they had this little Bible study or. Me and Alex, and it's like, we're going to talk about justification <laughs> tonight. And I, again, I don't know what these words mean. I'm right. like, cool, justification. And then, like, next was like, sanctification. I'm like, they got a lot of vacation words, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what this stuff is, but they, they like, are, are walking me through it as I'm, as I'm reading the Bible and understanding, like, what's going on. Um, and in that, it was just, they were praying for me. So I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I'm talking to my pastor. He's like, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm waking up, uh, like five, six o'clock in the morning. Again, older believers, and I'm, pr- I'm praying for you. And so I, I'm reading the Bible and these people are just praying for me. And when I have questions, that that's kind of what it looked like. But the craziest thing is, is as me and Alex were in these circles, again, he's, he's a model. I'm, uh, in different spirits where we have kind of some influence of uh, student body president and different things. And, and people know us as these things are happening, people know us we changing, like the Lord is changing us. And so this crazy thing happened, just, I'm like, Hey, so I'm a believer now and you can believe in Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and so my friends are getting saved. And so now my friends are getting saved. And so it's this process of my my friends getting saved. I'm reading the Bible. People are praying for me. And uh, they're trying to help me to understand that I'm changing. Uh, and, and and that's what my kind of experience looked like after becoming a believer of what's going on kind of in my life. Uh, um, I remember one that I was, I felt like I was having an identity crisis. Okay. Like because What do you mean by that? Like uh, 18 years of my, my life. I had I had spent doing things a certain way, and I believed a certain way, and I thought the world was a certain way, and I um, thought God and the Bible was ridiculous. Like a month before I'm saved, I'm having a conversation with my grandmother, who was a believer at this point, and I'm saying, yo, quit talking to me about this Jesus and Bible stuff. It's nonsense. Like, that's that's where I'm at. And so then... 
to be sitting here reading this Bible, talking about his life, and look at look at how relatable it is. It's like, whoa. And so I, I remember just sitting in cars sometimes driving. As now I'm a believer in like, what what is the world? Like <laughs> that's how I felt. I'm I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, what what is this world? What 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 do I do with this? Why is uh, everyone walking around like everything is okay and everything is normal? It, it's it's not okay. It's not, and and so I'm reading these things, and then I'm getting to New Testament that we're like in darkness, and 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 we're not aware of the reality of the of the spiritual. I'm like, what is this world? And so just like identity crisis of like, who am I really, and what am I really here for? Uh, was crazy to me to now be a Christian in this whole new spiritual realm is like happening, and no one's aware of it. Everybody's just walking around like it's just cool. We're going to school and Friday and Saturday we party and then we got a holiday. And like, oh, that's not just what it was. It was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, so it sounds like the the world almost opened up for you. Yeah. Where it was <laughs> one way, you thought one way, and then boom, you become a Christian. Now you're like, there's a spiritual realm, there's good and evil. People are perishing every day. <laughs> like, man, I gotta people gotta get saved. Yeah. Dang, that's Big world change. It was a lot. So how would you answer that question now? What is your identity? What is your purpose? Yeah, I think now, uh, over time, I think, especially that summer, realizing, like, I was I, I was kind of called out of the world. That, like, now I was a, uh, uh, this verse is coming to my mind. It's like that I was truly a, a child of God. Um, as it talks about in John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so this new identity as a, a child of God was kind of like what I was stepping into. And yeah. And so that was like my new identity. And then that my church did just a really, uh, a really crazy job of like really emphasizing that as a child of God, that I, I brought blessing to other people, like that mm. I was supposed to be a uh, even think about uh, what is it Second Corinthians chapter five, a, a minister of reconciliation, an ambassador for the kingdom, and so they did a really even my pastor did a really good job of like really uh, displaying that that now I was a child of God, and so I had different purposes in and furthering kind of like this, this, uh, this, uh, this kind of city of God. <laughs> um, and I like, you're supposed to bless, you're supposed to be the hard thing. You're supposed to forgive. I remember that. I'd never forget this crazy sermon, uh, that my pastor preached about forgiveness and, uh, someone who grew up, uh, with my mother, who was a, um, a single mother and a, a teen, a teen mother, uh, pregnant with me when she was fifteen, had me at sixteen. To then hear uh, that as a a child of God, that is my my right not to be angry with my absentee father, but to forgive him uh, was different. That I was supposed to forgive him and, and, and pray for him and love him. 
Uh, and that was part of my new identity as a child of God, to be like my father and to be merciful uh, and to be good, even to those who seem like my enemy. It was crazy. And so I had this reckoning uh, with the reality uh, that all my life was different now, uh, including to those who are, even I felt like had brought me a lot of pain. And so what did it look like? to bring forgiveness and healing to the world around me. And so, that yeah, that was part of my identity now. That I was a child of God, and I had to be like this father that I now had, who was God, who I never had in my real life, was yeah. wow. Um, before we were recording, uh, Lois, you mentioned that you become a foster parent yes. recently. So I would Whew. just love to hear... What was that like for you? How did you come into this? Because I feel like it's you just hearing your story now. It's like God is you like become a Christian <laughs> and then God does these crazy things. And now you're a foster parent. So what? Yeah, we'd just love to hear what that was like. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. Maybe the Lord is kind of always even prepping me for this or getting my heart stirred for this even before I uh, knew him. Um, because even thinking about Alex, my brother Alex, he was raised in the foster care system. And so uh, that was reality. Even a lot of my friends who I, I, I spent a lot of time with, um, I remember them being a part of the, the system even before I was like a believer, just like that was the reality of their life. Um, and so when actually when I became a believer, I, I I was reading through the Bible and I started trying to read through the Bible like every year or whatever to try to like know the story of the Bible and be familiar with the story of the Bible and what the Lord was doing. And I found comfort in the reality that uh, you know, some people call it like the quartet, uh, but the Lord was always for like the poor and the immigrant. And, and the window and the widow uh, and the orphan. And so throughout my life, and even early on, I was really charged and kind of like, if this is on the Lord's heart, it should be on your heart. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was always kind of the, like, it was kind of like the duh of scriptures for me. <laughs> like, I couldn't, like, I, and, and it's everywhere. Yeah, it's like everywhere. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, even you know, from Genesis to Revelation, even when Paul is talking to like, and the one thing we were excited about after like one thing we knew we were gonna care for the poor, right? And so, uh, as I've moved in all these different cities, I've li lived in a lot of different cities over the last years. It's like, okay, whatever city I am, if I'm gonna be evangelizing and and doing discipleship and making disciples. Well, the poor and the orphan and the widow and the immigrant better be amongst those. Wow. That was my wow. conviction from Scripture. And so uh, in the most recent city I moved to, I was going to be in a, a spot by myself and living by myself. And so it's like, oh, I can I can pursue this. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so I started going through the process. And um, I learned, I, I've known and learned that the the highest need areas are teenagers and uh, especially siblings. And so I said, all right, I do that as <laughs> a need. And so let's do that. And so I think for me, it was just conviction from the scripture of like, 
what's on the Lord's heart and how do I serve in these areas uh, that the Lord is like, I'm not going to be quiet about. Uh, and so how is, how do I, as a child of God, um, who's trying to be like my father since the, 10 years ago, uh, how do I be like my father in these areas? And so that led me to become a foster parent. Um, and it's been a wild ride and, and learning how to yeah. yeah sacrifice and uh, learning how to depend on the Lord and learning yeah, what did it, what does it really look like to serve and to yeah. be uncomfortable? So. Yeah, I would love to hear more about that. What do you feel has been some, what do you feel is really difficult about being a foster parent? Yeah. To teenagers in particular. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whoo, that's a, I feel like I could write a book already, you know. <laughs> but no, I, I think the something's been encouraging, but also hard is the reality um, you are, I'm trying to train these African American women, trying to raise them up into ho- who I believe that they are, mm-hmm. and to and into the potential that I believe they are, uh, regardless of their background, regardless of what they've been through. That uh, this is what you can be, right? And so the reality is, what people have encouraged me with is that uh, I didn't start from birth, and so there's a whole different challenge trying to to raise people up and trying to motivate and encourage them to be uh, all that the Lord has created them to be when they haven't heard that since birth, when they're hearing that 13 years in and 16 years in that you're made in the image of God. And by that fact alone, you are deserving of dignity and respect and no one can ever take that away. And so that's, that's been challenging to say, I'm trying to raise you up in that. And then also what's been really challenging when I feel disrespected or feel dishonored to forgive and to be patient and to be merciful and to be understanding and to say, I'm not holding this against you and I still love you. And then to really move in that love. And so for me, I was I was joking around with somebody. I was like, it's a, it's a hard thing to tell a 13-year-old who never apologizes and never admits that they wrong, sorry. And I'm trying to model <laughs> how to say sorry and how to say thank you and how to say um, I'm grateful for you, um, even in the midst of the hard things. And so I'm learning just like, I'm not as merciful as I thought I was. I'm not as forgiving as I thought I was. I'm not as patient as I thought I was. Um, and so that's been like really like challenging and difficult and and really feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing at all, and I really need to depend on the Lord in this. Like, I need God. Yeah. Uh, especially for them who didn't grow up in a Christian home. They're they not about Jesus or the gospel or anything of these things to be a model. Like, in my, in my, in my normal life, modeling Jesus uh, and being like, they can look at me and be like, I might not feel the gospel right now, but I can't say Christians are jacked up and hypocrites. Wow. And so uh, getting to live that day in and day out, uh, yeah, is good but challenging. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so kind of last question here, um, unless you guys have others, Caleb or Sarah, that you want to hear more about. 
as what what disciplines or practices keep you really following closely to Jesus? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's that's really good actually. Um it's funny because scripture memory has been like my everything. Mm. Yeah. Scripture memory and I think coupled with like praise or uh like praise and singing and and and, and worship and singing, those two together have been crucial for me of like I'm I'm going to praise the Lord. Uh which is hard on some days. I'm, I'm going to re- remember scripture. I'm going to go over scripture as part of every for right now in this time because it's been so crucial for me. I do scripture memory every day. Uh, and so I try to do scripture memory every day to remember like certain just truths that I need uh, that I feel like are literally my lifeline. Like I, I need this. Uh, I, was, I was like, everything else in my life seems crazy. Everything in my life seems like I don't know what to do, but one thing I know I can go to right now is the Word of God, and I can remember it, and I can store it in my heart. And so scripture memory has been like, whew, it's been, it's been everything for me. Yeah. And then coupled with like, uh, I'm going to make myself praise. <laughs> uh, when I, I don't feel like praising, I'm like, what is going on? I'm going to make myself praise, and I'm going to make myself thank God for these uh, two young women in my life. I'm going to make myself Thank God uh, for what he is allowing me to go through in trials to build my endurance. And so praise when I don't feel like it, but praise when I'm also doing scripture memory. I'm like, this is good. Like, wow. You know, like, what's a song I can play? Let me turn on something right now because I need the, I need somebody to express this. And so that's been really, like, sweet for me is scripture memory. Um as a discipline and and just praising the Lord, so yeah. And also recently, funny thing is, I've been trying to journal for about ten, eleven years, and um, <laughs> oh man, I wish I had it right here. But I've been going through the same journal for nine years. No so I'm way. Not, yeah, I'm not wow. joking. And I and if I could, I would show you. I I've been showing everybody, so people know I'm not lying. I'm like, you see that date? You see that date right there? Uh, you see this date? This is this week. And so journaling, I'm like, I get why people like journaling. It's been a struggle, again, going on 11 years, actually, for me. And I never got journaling. But recently, I'm like, I journal. I want to journal. And so, yeah, that's been, like, a new experience for me. Uh, and then, like, when I have, like, extended time alone with the Lord or something, like, like more time to spend with him, I get to read, like, go back and read. I'm like, huh. This is what's been going on in the last year. So it's been crazy. I'm like, look at this. This is helpful. So, yeah, those are some things that's like the Lord's been really doing and encouraging me in right now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, Lois. Thanks so much for being here. I feel like we could talk to you for hours. Hey. I want to keep talking to you for hours. I'll, yeah, I guess I could talk. But I want to get, this, but thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been it. so great. B1 Make One is a production of The Navigators in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast at navigators.org. <laughs>